talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McClain. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, well, it's time for hour number two of State of the Nation on today's News Talk. I am Steve Hook, broadcasting live from Central Jersey, right on the shore. And uh, there's my guy, Brian McClain, a.k.a. Hesher. He is in Central Texas. One hour down, uh, Hesher, for the for the first day of the week. And uh, it was a good one, but kind of depressing in a lot of ways, no? Well, you know, the show <laughs> is the State of the Nation, Steve, and the State of the Nation is as State of the Nation does. Uh, you're not kidding. Um, speaking of which, um, I'm looking at this article, uh, apparently, as you know, and this seems like this is, this is kind of like the old, the groundhog day story. Well, it looks like the government is about to get shut down. How many times have we heard these stories going back? I don't know, 20 years. It seems like every time it's time for a new budget, uh, we're threatened with a shutdown. That seems to be the way politics goes right now. Here's Fox News take. It says conservatives re- revolt against Johnson Schumer deal to avoid a government shutdown. And again, I, I just want to stress this is Fox News. And, and this is what drives me nuts about Fox sometimes. Republican hardliners in the House of Representatives are pushing back against the bipartisan deal struck on Sunday aimed at avoiding a government shutdown. The conservative House Freedom Caucus led the revolt against Speaker Mike Johnson and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on Sunday evening, recirculating a late December memo that said any funding top line higher than $1.59 trillion would be totally unacceptable. So now, Hesh, my point is, it is considered a hardline approach to reject spending over $1.59 trillion in a fiscal year. I mean, this cannot keep up, and uh, politicians on both sides know it. They have to know it. And by the way, inside this budget, nothing for border security, really, to speak of. Um, And people are just really ticked off about this, and this just goes to show, I think Mike Johnson is probably a genuine conservative who genuinely wants what's right. But I also know that he is... It's like the Dutch boy with his finger in the dike. There's not much he can do if moderates won't go along with him, and God knows not a single Democrat will go against him. Uh, And here we go again. What do you think about this? Yeah, uh, $1.59 trillion. That's a number, you know, I'm trying. How do I even conceptualize this number? Do I think about grains of sand? How many buckets? How many beaches that is? You know what I mean? That That's so yeah. outside your typical American's conception. Uh, but we do know it's uh, approaching if this continues, and we have no reason to assume it won't. Uh, if this continues to 2035, 2050, as we spoke about with Ruckus last week, it leads to a basically a complete collapse. Um, but, you know, they need money for migrants. They need monies uh, for the NGOs supporting the migrants. They need monies for the Catholic churches uh, that are engaging in the human trafficking on this regard. They need money for war. Let's not forget we need lots of money for war. We need to print plenty of money and send it directly to Boeing and Raytheon and Lockheed Martin 
and all these uh, military industrial complex companies, and we'll call it, you know, money supporting insert the blank war because it's multi front wars now. So that requires a lot of money, uh, money for schools. Got to have money for schools, right? Green money energy. For, uh, there green you go. Energy. Money for green energy. Yeah. Money for windmills, uh, tax breaks for EVs, all this kind of stuff. Um, so basically no money for what people actually care about. No money for anything that's actually going to fix any of the problems. Um, so, yeah, the, the fight is a, a big one. And um, uh, they're just going to keep printing money as far as I yeah. can tell. Steve. It looks like it to me. Now, you do have two members of the House Freedom Caucus that have come out and spoken to this directly. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, she's Republican Georgia, and Tim Burchett, he's Republican Tennessee. Both said they're going to vote no. Burchett said, I'm currently a no. I'd like to see some real cuts and maybe cut back on all the spending that we've been doing, to your point, Hesher. And until we do that... We are falling off a fiscal cliff. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, M um, MTG wrote on X. She goes, I'm a no to the Johnson-Schumer budget deal. This $1.6 trillion budget agreement does nothing to secure the border, does nothing to stop the invasion or stop the weaponized government targeting targeting Biden's political enemies. Hey, there's money in that too. Remember that, Asher. Uh, oh, so yeah, she's, gotta have money she, for that. Yeah, got got <laughs> got to got to penalize Trump supporters. And she says that she goes targeting Biden's political enemies and innocent Americans. So much for the power of the purse. And right there is the rub. You know, we always hear, well, the house. You know, we control the house, and that means we control the. Well, if nobody's willing to actually use the purse then what good is it to claim that you control the purse if you control a if you control a, a wide open bank vault and you don't stop anybody from stealing from it you're not really controlling it at all are you so no no it it feels like um like a uh like a a relationship like a marriage or something um where the government is, you know, I'll, I'll pick on the women. Sorry. The government is the angry wife saying, you know what? We're halting spending. I'm not happy. We're halting spending and you have to change or you have to accept, you know, my rules about how the spending works. Now, uh, maybe some people need to hear that. So there is that. But when it's our federal government saying that to the population via the media, it's threatening us with a shutdown of functionality. Well, they're the ones that have caused the problem. So, you know, that's a lot of projection going on to the American population. A whole there. lot of projection. You're not kidding. And real quick, before we jump to ruckus, just to this point about where all this money is going, the United Nations has just issued a report saying that $150 trillion is needed to combat climate change and its impacts. The United Nation, uh, Nations recommended... Uh, an annual budget of $5.3 trillion to combat ch uh, climate change and stop war the warming of the earth. Uh, it also goes to gender uh, equality issues, quality education, DEI, all this other stuff. So there you go. There, th There's all your buckets of cash. The global elites are... Uh, are, are, are like vultures circling a carcass on the road. And that carcass, it just so happens is the United States of America. Pretty, pretty sad state of affairs where we find ourselves. Anyway, hey, listen, uh, do, you do you have an upcoming community event, maybe a rally, a march, or a fundraiser, or something like that? 
Well, if you need some help getting some free publicity, TNT really wants to help you do that. All you need to do is visit the What's On Events calendar at the TNT website and submit your event details, and we'll get the word out on today's News Talk TNT. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, well, let's bring Ruckus back into the party here. According to U.S. authorities, the cockpit voice recorder data on the Alaska Airlines Boeing 737 MAX 9 jet, which lost a panel in mid-flight. God, that must have been scary. Uh, on Friday, that that voice recorder was overwritten, opening the door, no pun intended here, uh, to an industry-wide call uh, for longer in-flight recordings. Here with the story, joining us once again, TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Ruckus, it sounds like the voice recorder works on a loop, and by the time they got to the voice recorder, it had looped back over itself. Is that is that what's going on? Basically, I think you got it. There's the story, folks. I'm done. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> a little back, back history for you folks. Did you know that uh, the uh, invention of flight recorders has actually been attributed to uh, an Australian scientist by the name of David Warren in the 1950s? So shout out to Australia. Uh, they're actually mandatory, uh, and the aim is to preserve clues from sounds and data to help prevent future accidents. Ah, uh, okay. Well, then we have a problem here um, because the chair of the National Transportation Safety Board, the NTSB, one Jennifer Homedy, said that the cockpit recording data from this particular flight, which lost the fuselage panel that triggered a sudden decompression event near Portland on Friday, it will not be retrieved because the data was deleted. Uh, on Sunday, Hamadi told recorders that after Air Alaska Airlines Flight 1282 made an emergency landing at Portland International Airport, the ground crew did not pull the circuit breaker on the cockpit voice recorder, also known as a black box, to preserve the audio, which only holds two hours worth of data as required by federal law. Oh, I see what happened. Hamadi said, quote, there was a lot going on on the flight deck and on the plane. It's a very chaotic event. The circuit breaker for the CVR cockpit voice recorder was not pulled. The maintenance team went out to get it, but it was right at about the two hour mark. End quote. She went on to explain further that, quote, the cockpit voice recorder was completely overwritten. There was nothing on the cockpit voice recorder. End quote. Uh, so how did it get overwritten with nothing? Anyway, uh, according to Reuters, they noted that uh, U.S. cockpit recorders only need to log two hours of data versus 25 hours in Europe for aircraft that are made after the year 2021. The NTSB had said that the audio could have shed more light on the moments leading up to the aircraft's door ripping off the fuselage at 16,000 feet, but... Ah, alas, that's only a could-have-been situation in this case. Hamadi called on the, quote, FAA to change the rulemaking, end quote, on cockpit recorders, extending the recording time from two to 25 hours for all aircraft. She said, quote, if that communication is not recorded, that is unfortunately a loss for us and a loss for the FAA and a loss for safety because that information is key, not just for our investigation, but for improving aviation safety. 
end quote. I would suggest this is important. Let's get on it. During the decompression event, as they're calling it, this is the interesting part. I don't know if you guys heard this. A new generation Apple iPhone was sucked out of the plane, landed near a road in Portland. A user on the ex-Twitter platform named Jonathan Bates discovered the device, which did not appear to be damaged. So at least there's that. Apple's probably jumping for joy right now. This is like the best marketing for their phone ever. Uh, but yeah, that's where we're at with this story, guys. Did you see the video of this incident? The decompression no. event, as it's called? I did. Yeah, yeah it looked scary. <laughs> it looked terrifying. It made me think to every time I fly and they give you the spiel about, you know, in case of loss of cabin pressure, your mask may drop down from the above, you know, be sure and put your mask on before helping anyone else put their mask. You know, the stuff that everybody doesn't listen to because this typically never happens, but to see a piece of the plane just fly off and then cell phone footage of somebody filming, you know, just this open gaping hole in the plane and the poor passengers sitting like right next to this hole. I mean, very uh, harrowing experience for those on the flight. So I'm sure that would cause a little bit of uh, PTSD, perhaps. Um, yeah. And what's with the tech? What is with the tech policy here? Why every two hours? I mean, uh, we just talked about all this. We have a, a potential government budget of $1.6 trillion, and the FAA can't get a little bit of money to upgrade their algorithm, their software, and their storage. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. This is why we at this show and elsewhere on today's news talk, we were very vocal about the Biden administration um, proposing Phil, one Phil Washington from Los Angeles uh, to be the FAA head. Uh, and and I think that due to the work of ourselves and, and mainly many of our uh, guests and the journalists that we were working with on this, in that case was CeCe Woods and, um, and Adam, uh, one of the other Adams, we know a lot of good Adams around here, uh, that that um, appointment did not happen. But apparently, we're still looking at an FAA that does not know how to do things properly. And I will also point out before I yield that the 737 MAX had problems in 2021 and again in 2023. So this is a is this a three strikes you're out situation? I wonder with the MAX Boeing, Steve. Yeah, I, originally, of course, the entire fleet was grounded. And then they said, okay, we got it sorted. We figured it out. And apparently this issue that happened, it was a plug or something in the door that came flying out. Uh, it is unrelated to what had previously happened with the uh, 737 MAX. That said, the thing that I found so shocking about this story was this particular plane, this exact jet, was on restricted flight uh, instructions meaning that it could not fly over large body bodies of water, i.e. the Pacific or Atlantic Ocean. So how many passengers do you suspect knew that before they boarded the plane? It's like, look, you can fly, but if anything bad happens, just make your make sure you're about 100 miles away from any airport in any direction uh, because we don't want you to ditch it into the, you know, into the great blue of the of the Pacific Ocean. So, I mean, it just seems to be such a, uh, thankfully, nobody was hurt, but it seems to be such a comedy of errors over there. Oh, yeah, you can fly the plane, but just make damn sure you don't go over any large bodies of water. Uh, maybe even avoid lakes. Uh, just <laughs> make sure you have a lot of farmland underneath you. Just uh, just crazy. This whole story is insane. Maybe make sure the plane doesn't fall apart mid-flight, Ruckus. I don't know. Yeah. I would add that to Steve's list.
Yeah, and maybe and right. maybe also maybe also pass out some diapers before wheels up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's scary that things are falling uh, out of the the airplane as it's flying above. I mean, because in in the story, I didn't bring it up, but the, the, somebody found the actual door plug, the 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 thing that blew off that caused the door to to blow open. Dude found it in his backyard. We have this ex user who found the iPhone. How many other items got sucked out of that plane and and potentially landed on somebody's head. Uh, that's something to think about, which is frightening. So be careful out there, everybody. Uh, and then the other thing is how interesting that they they lost access to the black box, but the iPhone is is the only thing intact. So maybe maybe <laughs> iPhone should get with the FAA and they can come up with a plan together. Hey, don't don't be giving the FAA good business ideas here, Ruckus. I think I might <laughs> trust an iPhone with the voice recorder turned on, sitting in a lockbox in the cockpit after hearing this story. You know, Steve, I've been trying to get Ruckus to fly somewhere with me for years, and he keeps bringing these stories <laughs> like this. I don't think this is helping things. <laughs> yeah, this might exist. Ruckus is going to be just on on the railroad from now on. <laughs> Yeah, well, it is a scary story. And I, you know, there was like a 13-year-old kid that had his shirt sucked off. And I'm just getting visions of uh of of Goldfinger being sucked out of the uh the the window of the Learjet at the end of uh you know, a Goldfinger, the James Bond movie. What a scary scenario. Could you imagine being on a plane when all of a sudden the door just shoop 16,000 feet? <laughs> Crazy. No. no. And and if you've seen any movies or television shows where they they do modern representations of this, like anyone who sat through that terrible show Lost, for example, yeah. <laughs> you have way too many visions in your head already, like baked in of the absolute horror of what this can look like, because you've kind of already seen it from a first person perspective sitting on your couch. But yeah, uh, yeah that you you just can't beat the uh, the actual situation. I once had a plane turn around on the way to Hawaii because they said there was smoke coming into the cockpit. They told us that after we were over the water. So, uh, you know, that caused a little bit of concern on that particular jet in and of itself. So I can't imagine the elevation and anxiety <laughs> once a panel yeah. or a door flies off the side. All right, Ruckus, thank you very much. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk. TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And, and I... If I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying and it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. 
If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITmodular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Are we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air. On the air 24-7. Your news talk giant. TNT. All right. Well, in southern border states, such as my state here in Texas, crime involving illegal aliens is a very serious problem. The DHS reported more than 422,000 criminal aliens were booked into Texas jails between June 1st of 2011 and December 31st of 2023. That's according to our own Department of Public Safety right here in Texas. An estimated 300,000 illegal border crossings continue to occur monthly under the Biden administration's immigration policies, if we can call them that. And the uh, Department of Public Safety added that illegal aliens committed more than, are you ready for this, 509,000 criminal offenses, including homicide, burglary, drug offenses, theft, sex crimes, and kidnapping. Um, and in the first few days here of 2024, it's only the eighth, there were 3,104 non-citizen arrests by CBP, 48 involving weapons violations. And last year, there were 15,267 arrests with 307 for weapon offenses, according to CBP. Now, then there's the fentanyl chemical warfare, the job markets, the economy, the education system, the medical system, the jail system, political zoning, and I could go on in all the ways in which an open border are destroying this country. But let's pause and talk about what the people can do to let their voice be heard on this dire matter. So joining us now is the president of the United Patriot Party, Mr. Greg Gibson. Greg, you're well-versed on the open border crisis, and you're spearheading a large turnout of Americans coming up on January 20th in Texas's Eagle Pass sector to stand up and be heard. Tell us about this event. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity. Um, you know, out of that 422,000 that you had mentioned earlier, uh, everybody needs to keep in mind that uh, at our estimations are at a third to uh, almost 100% uh, double that rate is coming in that are not documented. So, the, you know, counting the gotaways, you're looking at almost double uh, the numbers that are officially getting reported. And the fentanyl is, a, is only the, you know, the drop in the bucket to what's coming across. The human trafficking side of this is horrendous. The drug paraphernalia, the drugs that are coming across, the component drugs that are coming across are, um, you know, from one end of the border to the other, from, from San Diego all the way through Brownsville, Texas, it's flooding our, our streets. Uh, our intent is to join together with other patriots, other like-minded individuals, the 20th through the 28th of January in Eagle Pass to begin declaring to our, our 
our selected officials that it is time to put a stop to this. This cannot continue. Yeah. Greg, hi, Steve Hook here. Um, firstly, uh, good, good luck and good job putting this together. Secondly, I couldn't help but notice that you didn't say elected officials. You said selected officials. That's kind of telling. Uh, it does seem like this border crisis is not only being ignored, but it's being promoted by our selected officials. Um, Indeed it is. I know. Indeed yeah, it is. I, I you, think you've got at this point, Mayorkas and, and the different ones are actually advertising uh, exactly how to go about de declaring themselves a um, uh, the status that they need to uh, need to say when they walk through the gate, when they walk through the the holes in the fence, uh, you know they immediately ask for asylum, uh, and they 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 know they're trained before they ever get to the river. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're well trained. We know that uh, taxpayer dollars have gone to printing up brochures and stuff like that, exactly things that they're supposed to say. And, you know, the funny thing is, uh, Greg, when we see coverage of this, we, we've seen, uh, I've mentioned Bill Malusian from Fox News on this uh, on this show before. He's done a, a really bang-up job on covering this issue. And you see him talking to some of these people, and some of them in the group will say, yes, I'm here for a better way of life, whatever. And then somebody else will quickly shut them up and saying, no, our lives are threatened. So they've gotten the message. <laughs> they've gotten the message very clear. No, don't tell them you want to get a gig at, uh, you know, Chi-Chi's Mexican. Tell them that your life is in danger. And, and that's what they're doing. Exactly. Let me ask you, Greg, let me ask you this. Um, first of all, have you guys put together any rallies before? I assume this is a relatively new organization. No, we've we've done a lot of work here in North Carolina as far as promoting, uh, you know, grassroots, uh, conservative-minded uh, candidates for office, and generally they get shut out by the Republican Party, uh, obviously, and that's uh, one of the reasons I use the term selected officials. the The Republican Party will will only supply uh, candidates for themselves that they themselves approve of. So, you know, one of the things that I want to get through to your listeners, we can't call this a Joe Biden problem. This is a this is a politician problem. Our Republicans are in control of the House of Representatives right now, and they are the ones yep. that hold the purse strings, and they are the ones that could be doing something about this. You know, it's a 50-50 split in the Senate, but at the end of the day, any bill that could, could be pushed up should be pushed up, and it's not being done. So we have a we have a politician problem, and we know that these guys these these guys are well versed in what the what what to say when they get here, and we need to understand that our politicians as as a whole are making money off of this. They're supplying this. They're 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 creating this this catastrophe. Yeah, this yeah, Greg, a, I'm I'm a, really glad. The worst human rights. I'm sorry. I, this is one of the worst human rights issues that we've ever seen in 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 Amer in, in world history. Yes, yeah. exactly. I'm I'm glad you're bringing it up that way because it's a human rights issue. It's it's a human tragedy that's happening on all sides. The people that are coming over are not being treated well, and we don't really understand as a nation where they're all headed, what's happening, what this plan is. 
I mean, we think we know, but a lot of Americans don't know. So uh, we got a headline we have to take here. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the event you're scheduling in Eagle Pass. I want to know all the who, what, when, where, why, how to stay informed, and how to get involved right here on State of the Nation with today's News Talk. TNT Radio News. We are your station for news. News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Farmers brought Germany to a standstill with Dutch-style tractor protests throughout the country on Monday in response to globalist policies of the government of Chancellor Olaf Scholz, which they claim threatened the very existence of the agriculture industry. On the eve of Bangladesh's general elections on January 6th, several polling stations were set on fire. Additionally, a train fire, described by the government as a deliberate act of arson, resulted in the deaths of four people, including two children. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Greg Gibson, president of the United Patriot Party, is with us. There is an event going on at Eagle Pass between January 20th and 28th. Greg, tell us a little bit more about this. Who should be concerned? I think you just covered that. All of us. This isn't a party issue right now. It's a politician issue. It's a national issue. Um, so, you know, tell us a little bit about who you think is going to be there, how many people you think are going to be there, and, and where do people go to get involved and get informed? Because I really think that this could turn into a pretty large turnout. Well, one of the easiest places to stay informed is uh, uh, on Instagram at Unite, or I'm sorry, Patriot Party NC. Uh, I do. I throw some things on TikTok, but uh, not much. But if everybody will join into uh, Patriot Party NC on Instagram, that's generally where you're going to pick up the news. Who should be involved in this is everybody. Uh, every every able-bodied man in the United States and every. A uh, woman that wants to be involved and, and that cares for women's issues should be involved. Uh, you know, this is an open call to the United States. We hope that tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, show up. Uh, you know, we have multiple teams that will be running multiple operations, everything from, uh, you know, more of the political side, uh, which is basically flag waving and sign waving, saying, take them back. Stop allowing them to enter, enter our country illegally. Uh, all the way up to the hardline stance of physically barricading the border in those open positions where Border Patrol is not patrolling. This yeah. is an opportunity for Americans to speak out and to be seen and to, to make their voice heard on a different level than complaining on the Internet, for example. That's a good place, but being seen and being heard, being in contact with your representatives from whatever state you're in, that is how we make this change. Greg, I noticed on the video that you had posted on TikTok, it, it sounds to me like it's more than a one-day event, and you've actually got a plot of land that you guys can uh, have people park their RVs, their cars, trucks, maybe set up a tent or whatnot. So this is going to be a multi-day uh, uh, event, am I correct? Absolutely. You One of the most beautiful things about this, we had, uh, and I've been there, uh, I've spent time on the property. We have a 40-acre ranch fenced in, 10-foot fence all the way around, so it's easily protected uh, for people to camp. It's wide open. It's it's clear. It's uh, it's a good place for people to set up and spend time. 
and we can operate out of there. The the ranch owner has been very gracious to allow this, but he sees the the dangers that are coming into his hometown. Uh, you know, this man was born and raised there, um, and he knows that that given much more time, what what he sees as his hometown will be no more. So we do have the opportunity to set up, spend time, camp. We've already had donations sent as far as food, supplies, uh, medical supplies, different things. We'll have uh, some medical staff on uh, on hand for minor scrapes and alleys. But, uh, yeah, this, this will be at least through the 28th. I will stay as long as we have people. As long as we've got people showing up, I'm, 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 I'm willing to give myself fully to this operation. Excellent. Yeah, this sounds like not only will it be a good place for, as you said, the public to declare, you know, that this cannot continue, but also a good place uh, for people to network for new relationship building, community building, exactly. and, and all this sort of stuff. I mean, that's a, uh, you can't go to an event like this in Texas and not have that happen. Now, um, we've only got a couple of minutes left here, Greg, but I talk, uh, we talk often on this show about um, the fentanyl problem. And one of the things that uh, I learned a couple of years ago that just changed my perspective on it and really drove it home was the fact that people that are dying are not necessarily people that are looking to do fentanyl or looking to be heavy drug addicts. We've got people dying accidentally left and right. And the entire black market is now um, corrupted with fentanyl and, and other drugs that uh, can kill. So I understand you have a personal story about this. Maybe you could share that with us in our final minute and a half here. Absolutely. A, a very dear friend of mine, her daughter recently overdosed. She was, she thought that she was taking a Xanax, which wound up being a designer drug uh, that was composed of, and I wish that I could remember, uh, you, your, your audience will have to forgive me, I can't remember the name of the uh, drug component that was in it, but it's actually, it was never brought to market in the United States, or in the world, because it is, the, the sedentary effects are too heavy. It's actually... Uh, a booster shot to fentanyl. So this is worse than fentanyl. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this this drug is coming across our, our, our borders. It has to be coming out of China. It's being transported by, via the, the cartels. And they're, now they're not only supplying the, the medical components, but they're also supplying, supplying the techs to put this together. So what people think uh, is, for example, Xanax is actually this extremely dangerous drug that nobody knows about, and the only way that it gets detected is in a coroner's report. So, if somebody just overdoses, it doesn't. It's not even. It's not even recognized. So, there is even more dangerous uh, drug substances coming across above and beyond even fentanyl, and these are hitting our streets. They're in our streets today. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people have a story like that or know someone that has a story like that. Uh, I do. I know I do more than one. Well, um, mm. Greg, we're, we're out of, we're out of time here. One more time. I want to make sure people get this on Instagram at Patriot party NC is where a lot of the information's coming out. You can also follow that address 
where, where can we uh, catch up on the uh, on the uh, to sign up? Just give us those deets again, real quick, before we let you go. The easy, the easiest thing to do. What we're going to wind up doing is on on the day of the twentieth and through the twenty eighth. Anybody that gets with us on that Patriot Party NC and sends us a message, we will meet you at the uh, Eagle Pass High School to give a a short vet before we send everybody over to the the ranch we want to make sure that the people we send in, we send over uh you know are, are not there for uh, any nefarious nefarious reasons so at the end of the day once we once you get to eagle pass you'll meet everybody at the uh eagle pass high school we will send you from there over to the ranch okay well greg gibson listen best of luck can't wait to hear about the success of this Hopefully you'll get a lot of press out of this and maybe some people will start paying attention uh, in our selected officials offices. Uh, Greg Gibson, thank you so much uh, for for uh, for joining you, us today on State of the Nation. We'll talk to you real soon. All right. You're watching and listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk. We've got one more segment to go and we'll do that next right after this. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost. The International Fund for Animal Welfare is there, taking action to rescue the animals we love, to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing, and the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales, and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. Uh, animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. You know, the country has been long for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution. And we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Well, when it comes to the media and government legislation and uh, and the agency that controls the media, one agent, one agency specifically has more sway than any other. That, of course, would be the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, uh, is, is one that we really need to start keeping our eye on because... Well, they control free speech in America in a lot of ways. We need Americans in this fight and this information sphere to protect our rights, our access to media, the ability to have real-time updates and about emergency situations, and basically our ability to understand when foreign sponsorship is, is at play or maybe some, uh, I don't know, uh, 
some rogue governmental sponsorship is in charge. Now, this sounds a little bit tinfoil hat, I know. But given what we've gone through the last few years, it's easy to understand why everything is being weaponized against the American citizen. And the FCC is certainly no exception to that. Troy Miller and the NRB Ministries are monitoring these key dynamics and potential action areas for 2024. And joining us now, President and CEO of NRB Ministers, the aforementioned Troy Miller. Troy Hello to you, sir. It's uh, it's wonderful to see you. Happy New Year. Welcome to State of the Nation. Well, thanks for having me on again, and a Happy New Year to you all as well. Yeah, it's it's wonderful to have you, Troy. Now, you know, I was earlier in the program, we were talking about uh, the Biden campaign, uh, such as it is, uh, and it seems to be focused on one one particular direction, and that is half the country are white supremacists that want the other half of the country to be subjugated and, and and to be victims. Now, that's not true, but that's what they're pushing. The FCC has a lot to say about this kind of garbage if it went the other way. What do you have to say about it, Troy? Yeah, I think that it's clear, clear Biden's pushing one agenda, and that's to divide the country, um, particularly from those who would be conservative and conservative Christians across this country uh, have been marginalized across the media and I, I think this administration would love to keep that going. And the FCC, as you said, has a, a lot of power over that. And now they have a full complement of commissioners at the FCC. So three Democrats, two Republicans. So we're really uh, anticipating and keeping an eye this year what the FCC might do. The chairman has been somewhat restrained because it was a two to two uh, vote, but now she has the votes to move forward with an agenda here. And we know there are certain things she's moving forward with the net neutrality agenda. And that's, um, you, you know, a bit scary. I had a chance to talk to the previous commissioner, AJ Pai, uh, chairman a while back. And I said, look, if he hadn't if he hadn't done what he did with net neutrality, and that was to get the FCC out of it, I think the, the internet would have crashed during COVID. So now the FCC wants their fingers back in it. They want to decide who the winners and the losers are. And so we're, we're really keeping a close eye on this. I'm glad you're doing that, Troy, because the more we learn about this, the more we look at it. I mean, one really only has to just pick up Klaus Schwab's book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, and read it, and you realize that the the sort of control grid that, that these people, that technocrats and globalists would like to apply to the entirety of the West, never mind just America. America doesn't exist in a fourth industrial revolution, by the way. It just doesn't. They're, they're incompatible. Um, but, you know, the hate speech standard, the net neutrality, all these things, they really are kind of nudging us toward that dystopic vision of that weird Bond villain looking guy in that they want us to have a universal basic income, a digital ID, and then a social credit score will be used to, uh, you know, uh, you know, heard us to tell us whether we're good enough global citizens to have access to normal services and uh, never mind the freedoms that we already don't have. So, I mean, how pivotal is it for 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 all of us and, and to support the work that you're doing to understand what we're up against with uh, with regards to net neutrality and hate speech standards? Yeah, you know what doesn't exist in that paradigm either is, you know, Christianity, particularly yeah. because the government can't have hope in anything other than the government. They want you to be totally 
in line with what they're doing. They want to play God and, and decide what's the best for you. That's the whole problem with elitism uh, that's gone on that people just don't really understand. There's people out there that think they know what's better for you, including your religion. And so controlling the broadcast airwaves and particularly controlling now the new digital platforms, because face it, this is the medium where most people consume their information is off of the digital platform. So it's their smartphones or their computers or on social media, you know, so the FCC wants to, and, and the administration would love to control that. You know, they floated a, a proposed rule earlier in the year, last year, that was centered around this whole DEI concept of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this rule, kind of like the foreign ownership rule, if, if it moves forward now, we're going to keep an eye on this with the chairman, they would decide that every broadcaster, including Christian broadcasters, non-commercial broadcasters, would have to submit reports to, to the DEI of all of the programs that you air, not just your station, but all the programs you air as well, um, down into into those stations and and the people that produce those. And there's a little line in there if you look at the rule, and and basically you kind of they unveil. Look, the whole idea is they want to use that to control the programming and what gets programmed. So they want to create this old fairness doctrine again and have this idea of we want this to air and you have to air the counterpart as well. So yeah, it there's a lot going on to keep your eye on. Yeah. And, and, you know, what you just mentioned there and I was waiting, I was just waiting for you to mention the fairness doctrine, Troy, this has been a utopian progressive pipe dream for many, many years. Now I've worked in radio long enough uh, to have uh, to to have ex not experienced it, but to have studied up on it, and essentially mm -hmm. what the fairness doctrine said was, if WXYZ airs twelve hours of conservative talk, they must, under federal edict, air twelve hours of progressive talk to balance it out. There's no freedom there. That doesn't smack of freedom. That sounds smacks of control and authoritarianism. And that is exactly what they are trying to put forth on your ministry, as you mentioned, and the rest of us in the name of fairness. In the name of fairness, we're going to control everything you can do. I mean, this is just so wholly un-American that I can't believe that people haven't woken up to it. And I pray God that this minister that this uh FCC uh, uh, chair doesn't, doesn't decide to pull this. Um, what do you think the chances are? Well, I, you know, <laughs> look, we, we know, and I think you talked about it earlier, you know, the weaponization and continued weaponization of the government is certainly key on our, uh, radar, you know, with what's going on in the justice department, you know, what's going on over the federal trade commission going after Christian colleges now and schools, so yes. so why wouldn't the FCC be next? So we're we're going to keep a close eye on uh, all of these proposed rules that get put up there. And then and we're going to get the word out. Look, if this is the fairness doctrine coming in under another name uh, or another avenue, then we're going to let people know about that, because you're right. It's com it's completely un-American. It's completely unconstitutional. You know, freedom of religion, uh, freedom of speech, uh, freedom of assembly, all of these things have been attacked over the last several years uh, by this administration. So, we, look, it's not going to surprise us if this comes through. Yeah, and, and, and we've seen our, this very same government 
try to instantiate what they were going to call a disinformation governance board and they put this strange like mary poppins character in charge of it you know and we're also seeing the passing and the floating of many bills there's one in canada one in australia one in the eu they're proposing these things here that would highly highly limit people's ability to enjoy their freedom of expression their freedom of speech their freedom of religion online major hurdles to it for example in the canadian one if you're a social media person youtuber whatever uh podcaster and you have more than a certain amount of followers all of a sudden you're subject to rules to the canadian equivalent of the fcc and those do include things like uh nebulous definitions of what hate speech is and nebulous uh ambiguous definitions of what it means to violate a platform's terms and services and these sort of things so we've got that going on we've had the twitter files revelations we've seen how mm -hmm. much government um, how much money and how much military and intelligence goes into managing narratives and silencing people. Uh, we had the the censorship of the COVIDian era when it comes to vaccine efficacy, safety and effectiveness, all these things. Uh, we had the election era censorship. We had Hunter Biden censorship. They gave us, on the flip side, they gave us complete conspiracy theories like Russiagate and told us they were real. And, and then we find out that they're not. So, I mean, the fact that there's that much energy going into it and even NATO energy, you know, like the Atlantic Council, uh, the Atlantic Council Digital Forensic Lab being involved with Facebook. I mean, this is um, what do you think about this with regards to a, a, the myth that this is some sort of partisan thing? It seems like this is a human rights thing. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. It's a human rights thing. It's it's our inalienable rights given to us by God. You know, was it that long ago that the Houston mayor tried to uh, enforce a, a law there that said all the pastors within the community had to send their sermons in to get pre-approved? Um, in Canada, that happens. We work with a lot of Canadian broadcasters. That already happens to the Canadian broadcasters. Their FCC already, you have to submit your program several weeks in advance and the FCC gets to their version of the FCC, the, the CC gets to say, hey, this airs or not airs. And if you saw in the news recently in Australia, there's now a province in Australia that tells people how to pray. You can't pray if you're going to pray for somebody to be um, uh, uh, repentant about their gender transition or if you're going to pray for them to come to their senses. And so now Australia is telling you how to pray. So how long before that, you know, is knocking on our doorsteps? And you're, I think you really hit it when the government couldn't get things accomplished through the laws. What did they do? They colluded behind the scenes going around the Constitution and with the media organizations to say who who does get to have their message out there, who does it, who gets promoted, who doesn't get promoted. Um, and we're still waiting to see how that unfolds. I think people, if if people would wake up in, in, in America today, especially in the pews, and realize that their government is working against them and against who they are and their religious beliefs, I, I think we should see a lot more anger uh, going into this next election than we currently see. But people need to realize that the government's actively working against them and working to to to, to not only limit and marginalize them, but but I think at some point to say, hey, these these things you're doing, like in Canada, like in Australia, uh, like Houston wanted to do, these things are illegal to do.
And that's, that should be frightening. Right. I mean, it really, it really is. It, it kind of staggers uh, to think about that, that this is how far we've fallen, Troy. I, mm -hmm. I, I really, yeah. And, I'll, and, and the proof is in the tasting of the pudding, as they say, and, and just the very fact that you're coming on here talking about this and that is, they are wanting to shut you up from talking about it as if they are the arbiters of what's true. It's like, well, wait a minute. I didn't elect you to tell me what is true or not true. I have freedom of choice. I have private property freedom. I have freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, all of these freedoms. And under the guise of protecting all of those freedoms, they want to quash them all. It's, it's, it, it, it kind of beggars belief, doesn't it? It, it really does. You know, our founding fathers understood that our individuality was really the core of everything, that the government should work for the people, uh, not the other way around. And, it, and, and they came, you know, most of the folks that came over here were looking for religious freedom. And they came on this whole idea that we as human beings should have our own freedom of conscience. It should be our conscience that holds us uh, accountable. Now, we have laws because we know people, you know, sin and evil in the world and things, but at the core, our conscience, not elitist in the academic world or elitist uh, off in this globalization in, in, in the industrial world and stuff, not those folks that should say, hey, we know what's better for you than you know what's better for you. And um, and as I said, that that those are the kinds of, that's the kind of tyranny that we're headed to if we don't stand up and and start doing something about it. And NRBs out there, we're we're watching what's going on in Congress every day. We're watching what's going on in these regulatory uh, uh, areas and 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 departments, and we're also watching what's going on in the corporate boardrooms because that's the third leg of all of this um, that's going on in the corporate boardrooms because that's where most of these elitists are, and they hold to this new religion. That somehow they and technology uh, will solve all the world's ills. We're just going to teach people how to think correctly, uh, which means think like us, and then everything will be resolved. And and again, <laughs> it, it's really taking all of our rights and individuality away. Well, listen, we don't have much time, but let me ask you one final question. And it may seem almost like a rhetorical question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Troy, how important is the election of 2024? Oh, well, if you look at how fast we have changed in this country uh, over the last, let's say, two or three election cycles, how fast things have accelerated, I'm not sure you could underestimate or understate the importance of this election this year. Well, there you go. Troy Miller, President and CEO of NRB. Thank you very much. Where can we find you on the socials in 10 seconds? Oh, yeah. You can go to nrb.org, uh, and that has all of our links on it. So go to nrb.org, and you can find out everything you need to know about NRB and, and link up with me. Well, listen, Troy, thank you for everything you and NRB are doing. We look forward to chatting with you again on State of the Nation. You have a wonderful week, sir. Take care. You guys as well. Thank you. All right. We'll see you tomorrow on State of the Nation on today's News Talk. TNT. Goodbye.